Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. You can try checking, but as far as I know, it's recorded, and I think it's crap. What happened? It's Edit? crap. Edit. Are we recording? Are we recording? Alright, I hear the music, so I think we should start. <laughs> Alright. Welcome to another episode of Freefall RC Podcast. I'm Steven. Here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. We got Chris Reibert. What's up? And first time on the show, Chris Diamante. Hey. Uh, hey. So <laughs> how are we going to handle two Chris's? I guess we'll call Reibert Reibert and Chris Chris. <laughs> okay. Works for me. All right. Works for me. So, Chris, is it Diamante like the Cadillac or is it? Uh... No. No, huh? Okay, cool. Instead of the E, it's an I. All righty then. Yeah, I messed that up. <laughs> All <laughs> right. So this is episode number 44, Chris Diamante. Uh, this is the fifth in the series highlighting folks in the hobby. And before we get to know Chris a little better, let's see how everyone's week's been. So who wants to go first? I'll go. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been. I was going to say I'll go first, but uh, no, let Chris go first. So I've been I've been freezing my butt off because of this weather in New York State. Has decided to fall has arrived, which kind of stinks. But mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Right. Um, but still been busy with my hobby stuff. I uh, got my three reviews done this month for RC Heli Pilot. I interviewed this cool kid, Chris uh, Diamante. You guys might have heard of him. <laughs> um, so I interviewed him. Um, I finished up my Goblin 500 Sport review, and I did an article on a, on the Heli Jam. So that will nice. be the next issue of RC Heli Pilot. Um, I've been doing a lot of testing and flying with a new V-Bar Basic Neo. Um, we'll talk more about that in, in the news. Yeah, so I've been having fun with that. that. Nice. Didn't get to fly last week and all because I was running around with family, and then when I was ready to fly, it was like, 45 mile an hour winds, which I could fly in, but it was raining out. So I took last weekend off. Uh, this weekend I got out um, short and quick for about an hour with my dad. I put four flights on the Logo 600 SC, and I put eight flights on the Twisted Hobbies Velocity, which still, to this day, 30 years later, is probably my favorite 3D foamy today. The thing, it's indestructible, and it just lets me fly the snot out of it. And I, and I mean, I've, I've built, flown, and designed probably close to a thousand plus planes, and it's still number wow. one. Um, so I sent you guys pictures last night because mm-hmm. I've been loving that. It's, it's, it's a big plane. It's a 43-inch plane, even though it's a foamy. Um, still, I mean, you guys saw the video last night I posted on our Facebook page. I mean, I'm yep. hovering a thing in the front yard. I'm whipping around, hovering in front of the window for the kids. Yep. I can handle it, but to me, it's still kind of a big plane to fly in the front yard. So I did a little late-night purchase last night, like at 11 o'clock at night. And I actually picked up the um, Twisted Hobbies 32-inch uh, Crack Yak, which is a smaller version. It's not the same plane, but smaller. Um, it only uses a 2S, 450 uh, milliamp pack, uh, three three little micro 5-gram and 9-gram servos. So that's going to be my fun little project for the next week and have a little front yard basher throughout the winter. Nice. So Very that's awesome. it, man. Nice. You know, I was going to say, we got a lot of heli episodes lately, and it's cool to see a guy who's a heli guy actually fly some planes. I know. Just but I flew it, but I flew it like a, <laughs> flew but, it like but a look helicopter. It, if you, if, yeah, if you watch the video, <laughs> the whole flight, I flew it like a helicopter. <laughs> so nice. I'm all good. Nice. Yeah. 
So what have you been up to, Steve? Um, so yeah, I flew on Sunday with Kevin, and the day was, I mean, it was Oy. nasty out. It was raining, windy, uh, I think, what was it, like maybe like 15 to 20 mile per hour gusts, which isn't too crazy, but when you factor in the, the rain and the cold uh, temperatures, it was pretty miserable. Um, probably waited about, what, an hour, hour and a half, and then yeah, hour and a half. it just cleared up, the rain stopped, and Kevin, I mean, we were the only two at the field. We just started banging out flights, just back-to-back. He would go, I would go, just, you know, just kind of back-to-back, and it was pretty awesome. Um, you know, it's still windy and cold, so, you know, kind of keeping the hands warm was a was a, a challenge, but, but I had a great time. Uh, got used to, I'm getting more used to the logo, 700. I'm loving how light the hell he is uh, compared to, you know, like my Goblin 700 competition. But, uh, yeah, I uh, on the last flight, you know, I was going to – I did have a little incident I'll, I'll speak about real quick. Um, I think Kevin was like – I'm like, oh, I'm going to land soon. And he's like, land now. And he's like, big auto? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, but I'll, let me test out the auto bailout, right? The You know, when on a V-Control, <laughs> we go to motor idle to back to motor start. And, ah, man, you know, it's like I'm getting used to this heli. I thought I was used to the V-Control, but I bring it up probably about uh, 100, 150 feet up. And I'm not trying to auto. I'm just, you know, coming straight down, turning the motor back on. So it wasn't like I had four momentum to auto the rest of the way or anything. So I, I hit motor idle. It's coming down, you know, probably about halfway. And then I click down instead of up. And I'm like, I just hear a V control say, motor off. And I'm like, oh, crap. Turn it back on. Nope. It ain't, it ain't spooling up fast <laughs> enough. My hobby wing is set to 25 seconds spool up. It ain't spooling up. So um, I basically, I mean, it, it, the, the model was so floaty that I was able to just come in straight down, give negative, and then just pitch up. And it kind of plopped on the ground. Um, if the ground was level, it wouldn't have tipped over, but I, it did tip over a little, and, and uh, one of the blades kind of floated in. No damage, though. Absolutely no damage. Just a little bit of dirt, you know, just from the muddy ground, but uh, yeah, there was absolutely no damage. I actually picked it up, unfolded the blades, put it on the runway, and took off and hovered and flipped it, and then landed again, and everything was fine. So, yep. Uh, yeah, so that was pretty awesome. I, I completely tore down my crashed uh, goblin 700 competition uh it's basically i mean it's crazy that besides without the canopy the tail boom and the landing skids the whole helicopter fits in like a four by ten little box <laughs> like all the parts are just in this little box waiting for uh the rest of my uh well i didn't get parts i ended up getting a, a donor 700 that picked off off of uh the heli freak forums so I figured, you know, this one had like 30 or 40 flights, you know, so says the guy. And um, for the most part, you know, my, all my parts were good except for side frames and the tail box. So those, and you know, that's really what I needed. I got a canopy set from another dude in, on Heli Freak. And it's like, it's a, I don't know, I don't think it's like a, it's not a custom one, but it's like, I guess it's like a custom variant, a Canomod. Um, release for the competition, but it's brand new. Came with the tail fin, the landing skids to match, and you know. So I started kind of putting the tail together. You know, put the fin, the bearing in there. So I built up the landing gear, kind of prepping for when I get the donor airframe, so I could get that going. I, I ordered a Hobbywing 160 version four. This is the last Hobbywing I needed 
to completely get all my helis on the Platinum Pro. Um, some are V3, but all the bigger ones are V4. And um, I actually got that in today, so that's pretty cool. And I think I posted that on Facebook. Uh, did a Lynx order. Ordered some uh, Zeal 710s to replace. And I also ordered all three main blocks for the Oxy 3 Cube because I, I'm getting some crazy vibe and I have a feeling that, you know, I bent the main blocks, I bent them back, but they're probably not seating perfectly. So so I got those on order too. Nice. Uh, Kevin. All right, man. Uh, I flew on Sunday. Actually, Saturday I had a full-scale uh, flight scheduled and – Hurricane Matthew came up, but was left of it and kind of canceled that. So uh, I got together with you on Sunday, and it was, like you said, pretty nasty out, pretty rainy. Uh And then we waited for the rain to stop, and it ended up being pretty nice. And we got a lot of flights in. It was was very cool. Um, I flew my Oxy. I flew my 570. I had a really good time with the Goblin 380, though. I had a couple of really nice flights on that. Yeah, it flew great, man, and uh, I was. It wasn't anything crazy; just a lot of smooth flying, and um, brought my scale four fifty to the field and got some flying in on that, uh, which was good up until the point where the belt started to slip. Uh, sounded like an alien <laughs> from the alien movies. It was uh, pretty horrific. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It sounded just like that, and. Uh, it was cool though, man. You know, it, we thought it was a servo at first, but uh, it wound up being a belt. Just loosen it up, so I got to rip that apart, which I already ripped apart and uh, got it back together. So um, that should be cool, good to go. I flew the five seventy and uh, actually broke in a new battery on your charging your charger setup, which was really good. It worked out really well. Mm-hmm. Um, for our listeners out there, Steve has a charger where you can set up a starting stopping voltage. It'll do and and how many cycles you want to do it'll actually charge up and then drop it down and charge back up and kind of do your break-in cycles for you which worked out really well on this new battery so we got that taken care of it's pretty crazy that um when we're checking the irs on the first like charge cycle and then when we did it on the third one it was actually we also saw the irs actually drop you know from was like four ohms or milliohms or whatever got down to like 2.53 ohms you know which is milliohms which is great i mean that means you're getting a you know a higher c rating at that point it's so actually breaking yeah, batteries are a thing i guess <laughs> yeah and i could really feel the difference in the two packs the one that i had that was kind of yeah. old and uh, the new one yeah it was it was awesome man and uh, i think that's about it one more thing on this page i see one more yes. thing um Oh, right. Jeez, I picked up a Neo. Or you picked it up for me. Yeah, so I saw someone selling it on Helifreak, and I was like, you know what? The price, it came, it's a Neo with Pro Rescue, and it came with the UI sensor. And, you know, it was like 30 40% less than, you know, like what you would pay to get that all brand new. So, I, you know, I was like, Kevin, you want me to get it for you? Like, let me jump on this, you know. We should get on, you know, get on. Because Neos go pretty quickly on uh the forums and Facebook and stuff. So and this one did, yeah. So yeah, I jumped on it. That should be in on Thursday. Yeah, I'll need some help for this weekend. What? Oh boy. Yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah, a lot of flying, Kevin. Yeah, we did actually. I got in like fifteen flights, and Steve, I think, did. Yeah. Seventeen. It was like three, three and a half hours, and I think we, I think you probably dialed in like seventeen flights. I got up probably about fifteen. Oh yeah, right, right. 
So, okay. Yeah. We, so we so as going. little uh, as little as he flew the four fifty, did it start to scratch the scale itch for you? Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say so. Dude, it was so cool to like see this thing and I guess it's with the cheap parts that I have, you know, I went down a list. It sounded scale being the straight cut gears and all the Picture yeah. that picture that in like 7 800 size swinging like 1400 rpm on the head. Yeah. Oh man. I want to I want to get one now. <laughs> yeah, man. It was really cool. It was really cool to see and I can't wait to uh to get my scale lighting set up for that thing. I mean, I don't have any of the plastic windows in it yet or anything, so that might have had something to do with the, the sound that it was making, uh, the the noise coming out of it. But it sounded scale. That the, the whining noise sounded like, with the vibration of the fuse, it sounded kind of like a, a, a turbine, you know? It was great. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You're trying to figure out whose fuse that is. That's, uh, that's the first one I ever had. That's the Align, Align head at fuse. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought, scheme. too. Mm-hmm. That's, the Align, that's, the, that's the one Align had. Oh, I thought it was from Hobby King. I, I couldn't remember where I got it. It's like a classic. Yeah, but Align did that, and then they switched over to, like, the Cobra after that, I think. Oh, okay. Nice. And then they stopped making them. Oh. So uh, that's it for me. What have you been up to, Chris? Me? School. School. Ugh. Yeah. You was... kids. You kids in your brown socks. <laughs> brown I've been trying socks? To get... Yeah, yeah, dude. What's with the brown socks? <laughs> what do you mean? What's with the brown socks? You haven't seen these kids? They get on a school bus with their brown socks. No. Yeah, it's like a trend or something. I don't. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Kevin. Socks. I don't go to the schoolyard looking at kids' socks. I'm not going to the <laughs> schoolyard. I'm like, like driving by while they're waiting for the bus. The, the the brown socks is what they're wearing. Were they also wearing school uniforms? Maybe I don't know. I'm trying. To- I was just about to say, are they like uniforms or like... No, no. It must be some new hip thing the kids are doing these days. You know, no more white socks. I don't know. I haven't seen it at my school. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know what school Well, how old are you, Chris? 16. Oh, well, yeah, you should be seeing it at your schools. I don't know. Okay. It's got to be. You know what, you know what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to stop and take a picture as I'm... No, I better not do that kind of stuff. <laughs> No, no, don't do that either, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'll be in jail. So quick, it just started. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so, yeah, Chris, what you been up to besides school? You been uh, flying? I've been trying to fly every day, but That's it's been really awesome. windy here. Like, windy and, like, just miserable days. Okay. So, Friday came around, and this weekend was the heli harvest, so I'm like, all right, we're going to Heli Harvest. So Friday we packed up and headed out to Heli Harvest on Saturday. I almost burned, like, I think two gallons of fuel, and I flew a bunch of my batteries out. And they, they had some sick demos. The raffles were good. It was awesome hanging out with people. Oh. Thought Steve was going to go. Didn't see him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I know. I really wanted to, but I had a, you know, a doctor's appointment. I couldn't reschedule or cancel, so. It sucks, but eh, you know, I mean, it's 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 for good reasons. So, and I'll, I'll go into yeah. that probably later, and as time goes by, I'll, I'll talk about that. But yeah, so how was the event? I mean, uh, was there a good showing? I mean, was the wind, the weather like an mm-hmm. issue? It was. Um, they had a really good showing actually, and the weather held out for us until oh. like four or five. It started kind of get colder, and the, there's a couple misty, mm, couple bits of mist there 
but it really never got bad. Like it was, it was a good day. It was cloudy all day, but it was flyable. Cool, man. Let's get into our main topic then. Yes. All right, let's get to know Chris here. All right, so uh, how many years have you been in the hobby? So I've been flying planes for six years, and I've been doing helis for four. Okay. Wow. Oh, so when you when you when you were flying planes. Were you just kind of flying pattern stuff? Were you doing precision stuff, or you know, messing with three D stuff too? Like what level? I did, of a pilot? Little, I did a little bit of pattern, and then I did a little bit of three D, and then this guy who always goes with us to events, Phil Goodwin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Show was at the field one day, and he was flying this three D helicopter. I'm like, ooh, I really gotta learn how to do that. That looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. I think it's the. Uh, you know, not for everyone, but for a lot of folks getting that are in the hobby, it's like the eventual evolution. Like, you know, even if you do 3D planes, like 3D helis are just, un, you know, just a beast of its own. So it's pretty cool. Uh, it's something so, totally different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's just so there's so much you can do. You can just sport fly around and do some mild 3D by flipping, rolling, and stuff, or you can, you know, be like you and do some insane stuff, you know, like, it's, <laughs> it's so versatile, like, it's not just, you know, I mean, I guess so is planes, because, you know, I see some crazy uh, airplane pilots that just, I don't, I don't understand what they're doing, they're just kind of, like, they're, they're like heli pilots, they're just doing a stir on their, you know, cyclic, and just the planes everywhere, and they're, yeah, there's uh-huh. some crazy airplane pilots, <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely, uh, so how did you get involved in the hobby? Well, my dad's been doing RC planes for like 35 years now. Oh, so you're second generation, huh? Yeah. Nice. I've, like, I've always seen him do it. And I kind of like when I hit 10, I was like, all right, I want to learn how to fly a plane. So he, so I, we took one of his nitro trainers up and I've mm-hmm. been hooked since. Nice. Did he buddy box you or just kind of like pass the transmitter to you and say, here you go, son? <laughs> <laughs> no, we did buddy box. Okay, cool. <laughs> Six years ago, that was uh, yeah. So definitely wired buddy boxing. That's cool. Don't crash it; it's expensive. <laughs> if you feel like you lose a hand back, <laughs> yeah. So I guess I, I mean we had the second question: Do you have family in the hobby? So yeah, your dad. Um, does anyone else in your family fly, or is it just you and your dad? Me and my dad are the only ones that fly, but my sister and mom always come to all the events, like. Awesome. When we go to Urcha, they come to Urcha. They went to Rochester. They go to all the events with us. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you guys had that big RV, that really nice one. Yeah, and I think Phil was given tours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even Phil's RV, and he took you on a tour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was like, hey, come on, check nice. this out. Yeah, it's one of those big bus RVs, right? Like, you know, the expanding... Yeah. Eyes and stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that thing was gorgeous, man. Really nice. Cool. So let's see. Okay, so when you first started, who did you look up to as far as pilots or like the style of someone flying that inspired you, you know? There's a whole list of people I used to look up to. Like the big the big guys I used to look up to was Kyle, Stacy, Nick Maxwell, uh Jamie Robertson and Ben Stork. Those were my major four I looked up to. Awesome. Yeah, all fantastic pilots, man. Just, just you know, on a different level, I just can't understand how they fly. Um, 
So how do you fit practice into your daily routine? I mean, you got school, you know, I'm sure you got a lot of friends and stuff and they all want to hang out and you're like, hey, I want to go fly. <laughs> you know, like how does that kind of, does a hobby fit into your, your routine here? So I get done with school at three. So I get a little bit of a time slot and then I'm normally off to go do homework or something. Uh-huh. So basically I charge packs on the weekends and like I leave them charged for the weekdays. So, or like the nitro, you just fill it up and go. Mm-hmm. So, like whenever I get a free chance, I throw them on the back of the golf cart or something, and drive out back to the field behind our house. Oh, nice! And then I just practice out back. Damn! Oh, so chance. You, oh, so you don't actually have to go far, huh? That's great. No. Oh, that's awesome, man! Wow. Yeah, I guess that's that's one thing good about living um more upstate, like in <laughs> you know where there's more land for everyone. That's awesome, man. I'm jealous. <laughs> are you working on any new maneuvers yeah reversal pyro flips big bends and reversal pyro loops so the what the what yeah i mean i kind of understand half of that of what you said <laughs> so okay reversal pyro flips so you're pyro flipping one way then you you know you basically rotate the other way during the flip right yeah Okay. What is a big bend? I do not know that one. Okay. So, you know your your normal four-point tick-tock, you go the four ways? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the big bend, you do that, but it's in, like, a loop. So, you start, like, aileron, and you work your way all the way around. And then oh, when you reach geez. the bottom, you should be back down on your aileron like you started. So, it's a four-point tick-tock, but in a big loop, basically, is the best way to explain it. <laughs> Oy. You guys got my freaking head in a four-point tick-tock. Yeah, I'm trying to... <laughs> So you're doing a four-point tick-tock, <laughs> and you're doing a loop with that? So you start an aileron, then you'll go down the nose, and then you'll go back to your other aileron, then your tail, and then back down to aileron. All the way around in a loop. I'm going to need to see a video of this, or I won't believe that it can actually be done. <laughs> <laughs> well, it must be like the helicopter blade is always looking at you, like in a knife edge almost. The disc, yeah, the disc is always facing you, yeah. Okay. I like traveling along, but you're doing like your normal TikTok all the way around in the doing the four points. Wow! Yeah, that's awesome. So, do you sim to do these? You know, to learn these new maneuvers. I sim to get. I, so I sim a lot to try and get the stick movements down, and then once I can get on a sim, like without having any trouble, uh-huh. I'll go out and I'll do it in real life until I don't have any trouble doing it in real either. Oh, yeah. Okay. And do you do these, like, pretty high up, you know, just to kind of give yeah. yourself a mistake high? Yeah, okay. So, Chris, do you have a specific model that you, you know, use all the time and keep consistent? Yeah, do you have, like, a training model type of deal? Like, something you're familiar with and you're always on that machine? Because I think what my problem is is we bring so many stuff, so many helicopters out to the field that we mix it up a lot and we kind of lose the feel for one specific model. Yeah, I normally, um, when I start trying to practice stuff, new maneuvers and everything, um, I'll take my two identical KSEs and I'll go out there and practice with them because they fly identical. There's really no difference. But I see if I fly the KSEs and then I switch over to the Nitro or something where it's a lot slower, I find myself like kind of struggling to try and slow my flight down to get the the time. Nitro. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Nice. What has been your most difficult maneuver or maneuvers to master? 
for me, the pure flip was, was horrible. Like, I had the hardest time learning the pure flip. The pure flip along with the uh, tail down to nose down funnels. Figure Please. eights. Those okay, are the, two doing the, the figure eight funnels and transitioning. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Wow, man. So how many uh, rotations do you do in your pure flip for, like, say, uh, each half? I do a full rotation before I flip back over to the other side. I do full rotations. Or full rotations, try. yeah. So you're getting basically two pyros in a, in a full pyro flip. Yeah. Nice. Mine still looks like I'm, like, waving <laughs> my tail this way and waving my tail to the left. Because I only do, like, a half-half. You know, half rotation, half mm-hmm. rotation back. So it's like, you just see the tail like, eh, just wave to the right, wave to the left, and then it's back over. Uh, never <laughs> usually in place, though. <laughs> usually all over the sky. Yeah. You know. uh, the other part had trouble with Pyroflips, was trying to keep them in one spot. Yeah. Is that That's really all cyclic um, management as far as, like, when to give negative, when to give positive, like, to keep the heli, you know, afloat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about when you put it in. You can't be like, you can't give too much positive at the wrong time. And yeah. Oh yeah, I had I had um, my last logo flight. I did the same thing. Like I went a little too much negative while it, the disc wasn't flat, and it just kind of like flung the heli to the left. You know, so I was like, that was sloppy. Do you have any sentimental helis that you, you know, that you, it's always part of your fleet or you can, even as a shelf queen that, you know, maybe it was like your first heli and you just never want to sell it or, or get rid of it? Yeah, I have a shelf queen. It was my first heli, the one that started me out, my Raptor 50. Like, ah, so you started Nitro first, huh? Yeah, I started with nice. Nitro. Nice. Raptor 50 fly bar. <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> What kind of paddles did you have on there? I forget. It's been a while. Was it a KBDD? Yeah, I was saying, it wasn't like everyone who had fly bar back in the day would be like, KBDD, those are the fly bar paddles to get. <laughs> it was the brightest helicopter. It was like green and orange and blue. Like, it stood out. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, cool. I got I got it. It was like. It had the purple with, like, the green flames with, like, the orange essence everywhere. It stuck out like a sore thumb. It was weird. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man, you guys sent me a picture. I'm curious to see now what it looks like. What kind of pilot would you describe yourself as? Like, your, I guess your flying style? That's a tough one. Um, I would probably put it as, like, a smack and kind of like a technical because I'm trying to be more technical mm-hmm. now. I mean, that's how I would go as it, but, I mean, trying to mix it up now, not trying to be the same, boring, doing this over and over again. I'm trying to make it so, if you watch one play, it's different from the others. Okay. So you kind of want to switch up your your style of routines, right? Like not, you know, kind of do the same routine over and over again. That's cool. Um, I mean, when I saw you with the low head speed and smooth 3D you were doing at uh, Rochester, that was like... Wow, <laughs> how you how how's that heli still in the air? I mean, I, I mean, what do you know? What your head speeds are when you do the like when you take the KCs and I guess you just do a six S pack. I do a single seven S pack, and my seven first S, head, okay. yeah, my first head speeds uh seven not seven fifty 
850, and then my second is 950, and then my third is 1,000. Damn. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it sounds slow. It's like, ju- 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 like that's crazy. Wow, 1,000. Wow, that's like half the head speed. Yeah, yeah more than half. I mean, I on my high end, I run 2150. Yeah, but you're the abnormal case, man. <laughs> no, I'm not that far <laughs> off, but yeah. If you have one thing you want to tell new pilots to avoid, what would it be? Someone getting moved to the Yeah, like someone the, gr- the ground. The ground. Avoid the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's definitely that's a, a, a good point. <laughs> you really want to avoid the ground. Yeah. Uh, one thing. Yeah, yourself, the crowd. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, one thing I always try to to tell new pilots to avoid and this kind of goes more like when they're kind of getting more towards like doing 3d and stuff mm-hmm. is like to not forget to do like figure eights and stuff because as you get better you're going to need to be able to do all those um orientations so that way if you get in a weird situation where it's pointing straight at you you're not like oh boy i don't know what to do now right so learn all your orientations that and plus also don't just jam sticks like <laughs> That's another big one for me. <laughs> yeah, I have a tendency to do that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, <laughs> on the flip side of, you know, to avoid, what would you tell new pilots to do? I mean, besides the orientation, obviously, you know, you want to make sure you don't forget that. But is there any other, like, key points that have kind of assisted you in your flying capabilities, you know, in, in the four years of flying helis? For sure, one of the mine is not to be scared to try something new. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To to always kind of like push yourself to a little bit over where your comfort level is. Not too far to where it's like scary, but just enough that like you keep progressing. I scare That's myself the, every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that and really just have fun with it. Because as soon as you lose the fun in the hobby, it's it, then it becomes kind of annoying. I've seen over the years is when people lose fun in flying, they kind of find it as a nuisance then. Yep, that totally makes sense. And Kevin scares the crap out of me every time, so I know he's pushing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not every time. Um, yeah. Every other time. Yeah, every, every other, other time. time. The behind-the-head maneuver. Yeah, behind-the-head. <laughs> when, when you just do that, like, yeah, I think that's what I'm going to call the Morpheus, the behind the head flying the that Morpheus, I do. Yeah, where it breaks your neck, you got to morph your neck. To your <laughs> yeah, head to the other take side. the blue pill, take the red pill, see where you end up. <laughs> I don't know. And the, really, the only move that kind of scares me is um, when you do the inverted punch out, and then you kind of go side in, and then you do like an outside loop. Well, I have Kyle Stacy to blame for that because I saw him do that in a video and I was like, oh, I can do that, I can do that, I can do that, but I never thought of linking them together <laughs> and I just went out and did it. <laughs> after trying it on the sim. So Chris, what, I mean, you've been flying for four years. I'm sure you've had quite the heli fleet and everything. What was the craziest crash you've ever had? Are we like, talking mechanical failure or like pilot dumb thumb? Either or. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got, whichever you thought was just like, wow, you know, like, that, like you know, where you laughed at and because like, wow, I can't believe that happened kind of deal. <laughs> I think my best crash was probably Urcha. Well, that's the place to have one. Was it on the stage? <laughs> it, 
Yeah, we were. I was flying at center stage, and I did. I forget what I did. Like, like a punch out, and I didn't give a quite enough elevator to flatten out, and my okay. tail like dug straight in, and the heli tumbled like a good like fifty feet. Oh, <laughs> it was <Wow>. insane. <laughs> oh man, somebody's got to have that on YouTube, no? <laughs> I think I do have a video of it <laughs> somewhere. Oh, oh yeah, Let me, you got to link it to me. I'll post it on the episode. Uh... When, uh, when it comes out. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Any other uh, memorable crashes? Um, we went to go... This was with the Little Holly. It was like a three... I think a 380. We were in Orlando, and we I was just flying there because we go there for vacations. Mm-hmm. And I went to the Torches Field, and we were flying. Nice. And I went to I went to do like a big power loop, and I didn't judge the ground, and it just like back straight in the ground. <laughs> Just went straight in, like, full speed, huh? <laughs> full speed, speed just backed in. Oh, man. Uh, that's good. I mean, was it, like, a Goblin 380? Yeah, Goblin 380. Oh, yeah. So, so that was probably pretty pricey to fix. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you enjoy most about the hobby? The most has to definitely be the people. I've met so many mm-hmm. nice people flying, like, it's insane how nice the people in the community of flying are. Yep. Yeah. It really is, right? I mean, I've been in, you know, the RC helis or just RC in general, you know, hasn't been my only hobby, you know, growing up. And I feel like this is so much better than any other hobby, like the people in it, you know, it's, it's crazy. It really is. It is, man. That's how I, that's how I met Chris four years ago at, at my show. Um, mm-hmm. I spotted for him down at the east end of the field. Okay, that, that's how I met yeah, him. I was just like this. I was just this little shy kid who was like, "My dad's not here. I need somebody to spot me." And Chris was like, "All right, let's go." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah." <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the people are, are amazing in this hobby, and I just, I mean, it's so like undescribable. Like because you think it's like. You know, you hear people, oh, yeah, you know, this hobby's great, you know, or like some other hobbies are great, you know, the people are great. But, I mean, the support you get from other heli pilots or other RC, you know, enthusiasts, it's insane. It's it's just, uh, you know, keep, it gets me speechless, really, how uh, awesome this is. Let's move to the next question here. Where do you think you will be in the hobby in five years? Five-year goals. All right, so hopefully I'll be competing. Nice. In the next five years, and maybe traveling around the world for this. Cool. Ooh. So do you, uh, I mean, so you'll be what, 20, 21, right? So, yeah. And so do you don't compete now? You're like, you don't do, uh, like, you know, when you go to Earth I've only, the really the only com- competitions I've done is the night contest. Like, I okay. did the one in OHB twice. I did Urcha hmm? last year. I think I did Urcha. I didn't do it this year. That's the only competitions I've done. I I mean, I really want to start competing because it seems like it's fun to yeah. just kind of test your skills. So Nice. I mean, talking about competing, I wonder... I mean, I see, that's, that's where I think that people are just so amazing because you get into, like... You know, I used to be into, like, racing, car racing, street racing, all that stuff. And, you know, you had your little clicky groups, like, you know, and it was all competition. It was like, who can outdo anyone else? I mean, is that like that in, in our, our series? I don't see it, if it is, you know. 
I see a lot with the competitive kind of part of it is really they're not really clicky. And I've seen a couple of times when I go to watch competitions, mm-hmm. they'll be helping each other out up until the last minute where that guy's got to compete. Sure. Like, they'll be giving each other tips up until, like, on how to do a node maneuver or something. So, I mean, it's uh, not really that- clicky, so... Okay, because I know, like, quad racing, you know, I hear sometimes that, you know, there's, like, little cliques of groups, little teams, and they don't want to talk to each other, and they kind of, like, give them the evil eye and stuff, and, like, it's a <laughs> hobby, you know? What, what the hell is that all about? <laughs> yeah, it's called Team Anthony. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm only kidding, Anthony. I even spoke to Anthony about that. I was like, is it like that? And he's like, yeah, some people are like that, but not all. So, you know, don't judge Don't judge by, you know, a small handful of groups that might do that and compared to, like, you know, the whole uh, FPD racing community. community. Yeah. You know, there's so many good people in this hobby that when you do come across that occasional douchebag. Uh, yeah, yeah you don't expect it, it you know. It really throws you off is when somebody's kind of like is like a douchebag to you, like whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I really don't think that they'll stick around this hobby. Well, yeah, I mean, because if they are, you know, they're not going to get the support that someone who's actually humble and nice is going to get. Right. So, you know, they they'll fall off of it because they're like, ah, they're a bunch of jerks. They'll blame it on everyone else, right? So they're like, yeah, ah, this isn't for me. So, yeah. That's okay, you know, I mean, it, it, this hobby isn't for everyone, obviously. It's not a cheap hobby, it's not, you know, there's a lot of aspects of this hobby that makes it difficult to be in it, but, you know, but once you're in it, and as long as you're, like Chris, you were saying, once, you know, as long as you're having fun, it's just it just perpetuates you to just want to help more and, and do more and participate more and contribute more to the hobby, you know, so Absolutely. I think it's great. Yep. Uh, let's see here. So, if you're recommending uh, someone who's looking to learn 3D type of flying, what would you, like? What's the recommendation? Like the style I'd recommend them to learn. Yeah, kind like of. someone who can just like basic hover and sport fly. You know, like upright sport flying. Um, you know, how would you introduce like going inverted and and trying TikToks or or hurricane funnels, like more of the aggressive flying? The way I would basically introduce it to them is kind of showing them like the different levels of it and like how you like they can improve on it or like mm-hmm. how it can be fun right and then show them the different styles because everybody kind of likes their own style like a lot of guys like the smack style or they like the really technical smooth style or they like that little bit of middle style so you kind of show so, them different styles and let them pick up on which one they like and then go okay. from there so can you go into that a little and kind of describe, like, the main different styles? Just, I mean, we have a lot of listeners that, you know, only fly planes or multi-rotors. They might not know that there is different styles. They might look at someone who's doing big air and say, oh, that's, you know, that looks the same to me as someone TikToking right on the deck and smacking in and, you know, skid bumping and stuff. Like, Yeah, so the smack kind of style is, like, what you see a lot at, like, the demos and stuff kind of like it's low they're always low mm-hmm. they they're just beating their hellies up the whole time that technical style is like jamie robertson and like kyle stacy and kyle doll and them is where they do a bunch of maneuvers that are super precise and never really off axis and stuff and then that kind of happy middle is where you get a lot of the pros kind of demos is they mix in smack with being technical with being 
doing the big air style, which is like what a lot of people also like is the big air style, just big loops, huge hurricanes, the faster. Yeah. So that's nice. kind of how I'd split it up. And then, okay. I mean, we could throw a low head speed zone style because I see a lot more of that at events now. Mm-hmm. Well, that, then you have me and Phil, old man 3D style. Yeah, we, <laughs> we forgot the old man, the old man 3D style. That's me. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, Phil's good. I, I, you know, last night I was swimming, and I think Phil jumped on for a little bit because I saw, like, I don't know if you know, uh, Chris, if Phil does uh, simming on Real Flight 7 Yeah, I've done it a couple times with him. Okay, yeah. So I think, because I posted last night that, you know, last couple of nights I've been, you know, I had some extra time at night and I was, you know, I'll jump on and I, you know, I'll host the server and see who jumps on. And our friend Muse jumped on and I saw Phil come on for like a little bit. I was like, is that Phil? I didn't have my <laughs> mic because I, I play music when I sim just to kind of, you know, try to help time stuff. <laughs> and uh and i was like is that you phil and, and then like he didn't write back so i was like maybe he said something and maybe doesn't you know like he, does, he doesn't type or he does the voice chat so yeah i mean so he might have been talking and I, I i you know i have my laptop muted because usually when i'm simming my my girl's like knocked out on the couch behind me so you know, I don't want to, like, make noise and, like, start... Whenever I game, she, like, wakes up because, you know, I'm always like, oh, look at that guy, you know, like, I'm, I'm, you know, what do you call it? FPS, you know, gaming, and I'm just, like, yelling through the mic because I can't hear my own voice, so it's just, you know, just hear me screaming at night. Um, so, yeah, usually when I sim, I just put music on, you know, and I'll just kind of try to time my moves with the music and get in that groove, you know, so... But that's awesome, though. Yeah, so I think Phil jumped on, and Phil, if you're listening... That was cool. I did uh, catch you flying, and yeah, awesome, man. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I know you said you started with air- airplanes, and then obviously you're, you know, you're flying helicopters now. But you know, do you still fly airplanes, or do you do any quads or any other uh, RC stuff? Um, I uh, I still do the planes. That's kind of a nice relaxing kind of side thing to do besides the helis. It's a nice break. Um, the quads. I- I only find quads fun is when I'm racing. I'm not going to lie because I've done where it's just me at the field and I'm trying to FPV and I just don't find it that much fun when it's just me. But like when I'm racing and like we're in like I have that competition going on, that's when I find it fun. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I, I haven't done cars forever since like I was little. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Once you get into flight, I feel like you, you can't stay on the ground. It gets so boring. Like I you mean, I, I bought to do. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I re you know not recently, but probably last year or a year and a half, I bought like this little Tamiya Jeep and everything. And I was like, cool, I'm gonna put FPV on it and drive around. And I didn't do anything. I built it and it's been sitting there, <laughs> you know, like I <laughs> like it and actually doing anything with it. Um, and then when you I had my <laughs> yep, just sitting on the floor there next to my charging case and my other RC stuff that's just all over my apartment, but um. <laughs> But like yeah, when I used to be before I got into planes, I would I would just like take my little slash four by four and just build the biggest jump I can out of foam board and just toss it in the air and see if I can wreck it. Like, huh. like I mean, it's like monster truck, just like toss it twenty feet in the air for this little you know ten scale truck. All right, who are your current sponsors? Because you are sponsored, right? Yeah, uh, right now I fly for SAB Heli Division, nice. both batteries. Uh, nice. DK Servo, Spartan, 
Canamov, Team Ninja Raps, um, Rotor Age, Byron Fuels. Uh, I feel like I'm missing somebody. This isn't good. Um, oh, boy. Scorpion. Scorpion. Okay. <laughs> that, that's, that's all of them. Uh, yeah, that's a, quite a list there, man. That's very respectable companies there. Yeah, awesome. Damn, dude. Thank you. Nice. So with SAB, do you have to fly just goblins? Like, you can't, you know, fly any other airframes? I have to fly uh, goblins, and I have to fly the SAB blades, which and I can't SAB complain because they're all good. So, Sure. I mean, that's what really got me, like, that was my, like, achievement in a, in a hobby. Like, hey, I, can f- I, f- I got a goblin. I made it. <laughs> 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 it's awesome. I love it. I love those helis. Um yeah. So you said Scorpion, um, so is that motors and ESC, or do you have your pick on ESCs? Uh, just motors. Okay. So what ESCs do you usually uh, rock in your helis? Uh, lately, I've been using Hobby Wings. I used to do Contronics, but lately I've been using Hobby Wings. Wow, Contronics, man. That'll put a dent in your wallet for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice, Hobby Wings, huh? So when you when these you know like your so which which bird do you do low head speed first on is that the KC? Mm, that's uh seven seventy. The seven seventy, and you run a yeah. hobby one on that? No, that one's still got Contronic in it. Okay, I'm just curious. I've like, done the low. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I'm just curious because I know like some of the ESC um, brands. Like they don't like running too low of a head speed. Like it'll actually overheat and overamp the ESC. So I, I wasn't sure. Like I know Hobby Wings pretty good with it. I think Castle out here sometimes um, can get real hot if you if if they don't have like this active freewheeling or whatever this you know techno mumble jumbo is. But um, yeah, I wasn't sure. You know, I'm just curious because you're basically running half the voltage that ESC is kind of expecting. You know, yeah. as, far, as far as the KV motor and gearing, so. Cool. So yeah, I've only done it with Contronic mm-hmm. and Hobby Wings. Those are the only ones I've done it with. Okay. Nice. And what what Contronic? Like uh... I got the Contronic 160 and the 770. Okay. On a 7S setup. Okay, so that that makes sense because you're running 14S. I'm sure at one point, right? Uh, I ran 12S before I ever learned full, there was such thing as low head speed. So. Oh. Okay. On a 770 12S, huh? Oh. It was interesting. <laughs> is is that like a, a you know is that does that work? It does. It's kind of you can't really run uh like 2,000 RPMs. I think my highest was 18, and then it was like 18, 17, and like 16 was my RPMs when I was on 12S. Yeah, I mean if you're running what 770 blades millimeter blades on that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think. 1800 is probably very similar to, you know, the disc loading you get on, like, seven, 690s or 700s at 2000, so that's cool. All right, so how did you become a team pilot? Uh, I basically, the way I became a team pilot was just kind of talking and being nice and trying to be helpful and everything mm-hmm. and talking to the um, team people and everything. And then on top of that, I went with, one of Chris's biggest things he told me when I first started getting good with flying and everything was just be yourself and sponsors will take you for being you. Right. So I followed that from 
the point that Chris has told me that, and it's worked. So just kind of be you and, like, and don't be too, like, cocky and arrogant and everything because a lot sure. of people find it as a turnoff. So. Yeah, don't be a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Then you'll have no friends in the hobby, and who wants that? Exactly. Um, that's awesome. Because, I mean, you have a quite a list of, of sponsors, and, I mean, did this all kind of recently happen, or have you been sponsored for quite a while now? Uh, SAB's been three years now. Um, wow. Pulse has been, I think, three, two. Uh, BK's okay. been two. Spartan's been two. Canama's uh, been two. Scorpion's just been recent. That's only been like six months or so. Oh, nice. Awesome, dude. I'm, I, you know, I mean, I guess I wonder if it's if this is the case, and you can say if it's not. But like, I feel like you know, once you get to your level of flying, and obviously your personality, your your you know your friendliness, and how uh, willing you are to help people, that once you get like a major sponsor like SAB or or um, you know BK, I feel like did did that also in turn like have other sponsors kind of look out and sort out for you, like, try to get you to join their team, too? Yeah, because I feel like, especially with, like, the bigger, like, when you get sponsored by, like, SAB, other mm-hmm. brands want you, especially if you throw out, like, if they know you're going to compete at some point, too. Because sure. it's kind of a good label to have, have behind your brand is, oh, yeah, we have a pilot who's done, like, number one competitions, one, and he's been using our products. So right. I feel like if they if they see you being, like, a good example and everything for the hobby mm-hmm. and yeah, the like representative that, right yeah and if you've done good with uh like sab and stuff and you're still on there most time most companies be like all right maybe we'll give you a shot nice cool that's cool if you could have one do over in the hobby what would you do or what would you change what would i do if i had a do over i would for sure start when i was younger get more time in the hobby i would mm-hmm. also go to a lot more events. I mean, this year I've done a lot of events, but I wish I did a lot more when I was first started. Let's let's talk about your events. Like, how many events did you do this year? Where'd you go? Uh, we did a bunch of local ones. I think I'm in. I'm almost near 37 with events this year. What? Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> we did wow. a lot of local events. Um, wow. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the range of, like, 25 to, like, 30-ish area. Somewhere in the just in that area, just, just a couple. And then, just a couple. Yeah. yeah, I went to a bunch of local events. Um, we went to Muncie, Indiana. We go to Florida. We did uh, we did events. The Heli Harvest, Rochester, of course. Mm-hmm. We went to Virginia twice. We went to their spring fling and then their mow down. Nice. Um, yeah, we we just did a bunch around here. Wow, cool. It's funny how. Yeah. I hope you take your would. dad every day because that, that's a lot of events. And I'm sure that's not cheap to go to all those. Wow. No, it's like every weekend during the summer. I think I every weekend during the summer we had an event almost. I'd have a couple of weekends off and I'd just practice. That's awesome. So do you have any upcoming projects you're working on that you can share? Upcoming projects? Um... Nothing really other than just trying to fly, make my flying better. That's no like new helios or nothing I'm really working on, so Okay. Nice. I mean I mean 
I mean, I, I guess kind of a project is we're, I'm working on a new scheme for the Nitro and stuff with Canamod, so. Cool. Oh, yeah? Nice. Yeah, we're trying to make the, I don't know, the you know my KSC with the red eye scheme? Mm-hmm, yeah. We're trying to convert that over to this, um, the 7, my 650 Nitro and 700 Black Thunder. Nice. Kind of keeping it with the, the Black Thunder theme, like. Big black thunder on the side or black nitro. Yeah, we're trying to figure out how it's gonna work. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So, so that I mean, I guess that's another question with your sponsors and stuff. Do you, um, I mean, besides flying their products and representing them, do you also do any type of R and D for them? Do you, you know, kind of like get the beta model of something to kind of try out and you know run it through its paces and give your feedback? Yes. And uh, it's kind of it's kind of fun to uh, to get something in there, kind of like yeah, just beat on it and see if you can break it, <laughs> or hey, use this and see if you can get this to fail, or do this or do that. And it's kind of like okay. <laughs> wow, Steve, that sounds like a job for you, man. And your oxy, yeah, I would break everything, but it wouldn't be breaking because <laughs> I'm good. It would just be breaking because I'm smacking the ground. <laughs> <laughs> a crash is testing it to see how it holds up. So, oh, I I can beat a crash test guy, dude. Sure, there <laughs> you go. I mean, I I can see a crash being a test because I mean, if it doesn't, if there's minimal damage during a hard crash, and you know it's going to be a durable heli, or like you know it's going to be a, a really durable servo if it doesn't strip during Side a straight show. on crash. <laughs> hey guys, can you give me a second? I need to pause for a second. No oh, boy. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Sorry to kill the flow, but I just. I think I hear my girls sick outside. So just give me one second. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> I got to find a theme to Jeopardy. Download it. <laughs> Get Chris to sing it. Sounds <laughs> horrible. I'm sitting as high as I can on the shelf. <laughs> In the bathroom, right? Yeah, it's the farthest away from the family, so I don't wake the kids up. <laughs> well, you're not high enough, dude. <laughs> oh, I got three bars now. Oh, two. There we go. What are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay. We're waiting for you, dude. All right, sorry about that, guys. And the answer is, okay. what is vomit um, for $300? <laughs> okay, uh, let's see here. Let's return. Edit. <laughs> what is your favorite size model that you... My favorite size has to be the 700, just because they're so stable, and they got that nice big appearance in the air. Nice. Uh, let's. Do you have any other favorite pastimes besides RC? Uh, yeah, I like shooting, fishing, baseball, uh, and I, I like flying real planes. Awesome, dude. What That's become another, another favorite pastime of mine. <laughs> so do you have a pilot's license, or...? 
No, working on it. But you're working on it. Oh, awesome. Dude, great. Good for you, man. You guys just bought a plane, right? Yeah, we bought a project plane, so it needs to be have some work done, but it's going to be fun. Oh, wow. Uh, can I be adopted into your family? <laughs> sure. <Damn. laughs> adopt wow, the whole gang. Yeah. <laughs> adopt the whole free Farsi crew. <laughs> Do you want to adopt a 35-year-old Korean? Boy, hey, I'm 37. Look at my age, 37. right? 37. Okay, hey, I was trying to cut you some slack. He's man. making you younger. Yeah, I was making yeah, him a better okay. deal. I still get ID for cigarettes, so I, f- I feel young every day. I buy cigarettes. <laughs> you really? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, uh, let's, how do you feel the hobby has evolved over the last, I guess, say six years uh, that you've been in a hobby? Well, I guess the one big thing I've seen is there's a lot more talent now. A lot more young talent, a lot more people that are pushing the limits. And, I mean, electronic-wise, I mean, there's a lot of changes since I've started. There's radio integration now where it talks to the fly barless unit. There's the batteries are better, and everything just performs better. I mean, come on, just going from fly bar to fly barless now? So much simpler setup. You know, the gyros on these things are amazing. And then we have the, you know, the release of the Goblin Helis. I think that was a, a big change in the, the RC Heli community, kind of pushing everyone to more uh, full fuse, right? Um, full cover fuses yeah. and stuff. So definitely. That was, that, was a big, that was a big thing. You know, we said this after Chris's event, but we both noticed that when we went to that event, there were so many good pilots up there. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the general thing that I noticed at every fun fly. Yeah, and I mean, if I'm a guy who just knows how to tail and hover, I'm going to go out there and have fun just doing that. I mean, I'm not going to get intimidated by these guys that are cranking around because you you got to gotta fly within your means. Uh, the one thing about Chris's event is he sure attracts everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He gets everybody to his event, so. Yeah. And there's never a lack of talent at his <laughs> Yeah, in my opinion, Chris is the best CD ever. Thank that you. That's honestly my, that's like my favorite event. Like I, I always am excited to go to that event because it's good, kind of like laid back, just go out there, fly, no pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And they, and you guys are always the first ones there and the last ones to leave. <laughs> we were literally the last ones to leave this year. Well, I heard, <laughs> right? There wasn't there some issues with the RV? Yeah, we were like, we were sitting at the field, and I was like, I was very close to pulling out a heli and be like, you know what? I'm gonna make the most, the best of it while I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dad, you take care of the RV. I'm gonna burn through some packs or burn through some nitro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice. Phil, Dad, you got the camper. Okay, I'm gonna go fly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You need help? No. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> Just go. <laughs> uh, so. Do you have any goals for 2017? I mean, I know you said you want to compete, but I'm not sure if that's something in the five years or if, like just more of a, a media short-term goals. Uh, competing is kind yeah. of one that's going to be close because I, uh, I don't know if you've heard of F3N, the Precision 3D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, that's something, I guess, new to the U.S., so I'm going to give that a try. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I those guys, like all the F3 whatever, like any of the precision flying stuff, it's just insane. I don't, you know, I mean, a lot of people are like, well, they just look like they're hovering, they go up, they move to the right, they, you know, like kind of do these set moves, but 
I don't know. I fly helis. They're hard as hell. <laughs> and the slightest bit of wind, you're like, have to compensate and, you know, know exactly how much to compensate and not to overcompensate. And, you know, it's, it's, it takes skill. It takes, I'm sure it takes hours and hours and days and months, weeks, months of practice to, you know, get to that level. Yeah, and, like, watching, like, the guy, like, Jamie and Nick do F3N, I was like, man, you're doing, like, you're doing 3D maneuvers, but they're so, like, precise and so flat mm-hmm. level. The entry next is the same level, and it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, well, good luck with that. I want you to, uh, you know, bring home the gold. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, definitely keep us updated. Yeah, keep us updated. Let's, we'll let do. us know. Um, do they do those competitions, like, at Urcha, or is it, like, a special, yeah. like, a separate event? It's, um, well, it's called Nats. They do it during Nats. I'm guessing that's probably and, sure for, um, like, Nationals or something? Yeah. National okay. competition, I believe. Um, but it's, uh, it's during Nats, and, I, and it's before Urcha. So it starts on, like, Saturday or Sunday before Urcha, and then it ends, like, Wednesday. So then you have Thursday, Friday, Saturday at Urcha, so. All right, on. And is that just once a year, or do they do, like, is there, like, qualifying and kind of, um, like, regionals and stuff like that to get to be qualified it's, for nationals? I'm I'm hoping that there's going to be maybe in the future, like, maybe smaller um, events of it. But right now, all I know of is there's the big one at Muncie. Okay. Uh, what motivates you on a daily basis? To basically, to give all you got, and then once you give all you got, to try and give a little more. Nice. All right. Uh, do we have any more questions? I feel like I've been asking every question. You have been asking every question. <laughs> you were. <laughs> yes. That's I cool. feel like I was. <laughs> yeah, uh, cool. yeah, so Rybert, um I know a lot of these questions you put in here, but um, do you have anything additional you want to ask, Chris? No, those all those all the questions I I uh, I made for the interview. So if you guys didn't catch it on the show, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you miss the show, you'll see it. You'll see it in print. Awesome. How about how about you, Kevin? No, I asked uh, just the one question there, but no. Okay. Yeah, Kevin asked the longest we went. All right, so let's now move on to our next section: the news. The news. The news. <laughs> news. All right. So, Chris, you got some uh, – Rybert, you got some news on here, right? Yeah. So, for the guys who haven't seen it, I posted on uh, our Facebook pages and stuff. But last week, um, Mikado released their new V-Bar Neo V-Basic. Um, nice. For a lot of guys out there who love flying a Neo and a V-Control radio, and it's hard to stomach, you know, three $400 to put on a 3D Foamy, um, Mikado's kind of stepped out of the box, which is really cool. And they released a V Basic. So basically, what it is, it's it's a full on Neo flybar system, the V Link, and basically they just disabled the gyros and all like the the V plane software, the V copter software. So it's a nine channel uh-huh. basic receiver. So you can use it in a jet, plane, um, RC car, RC boat. Um, if you find out you're really loving it, you just you know hop on your VStabi account and you can buy the upgrades. You can get the, the VPlane software, the heli software. You can you can turn the uh, uh, gyros back on using a helicopter. Um, but some really cool features with just this basic nine channel receiver is you, it's competition ready because there's no gyros in it from yeah. the factory. You can use it in like the um, 
the iMac for the planes. My buddy did a, my uh, team manager just did his iMac flight this weekend with his quarter scale plane using a new uh, VBASIC. Nice. It's got, you know, it's got mixers. It's got three parameter banks. It's got nine channel uh, servo outputs, Expo dual rates. It's got seven point throttle curves, buddy boxing, which it's got the new crossover buddy box. I don't know how it works yet, but you can actually use the buddy box feature with other radio brands on the market, which is really cool. Wow. Yeah, I read about that. That is pretty damn awesome. That's yeah. really stopping, uh, stepping out of, you know, like Mikado's kind of um, comfort zone, I guess. You know, because usually it's like Mikado works with Mikado, you know, they kind of keep it to themselves. But to, to open it up like that and have the availability of, of uh, you know, training, like using a, a trainer radio of any brand or I guess any brand that's 2.4 gigahertz, that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I gotta look into it more. It's still it's still got all your trims. You can still do all your uh, switch selection. Um, what else? It's got the tell me feature. Still has all the built-in telemetry. Mm-hmm. And the really biggest thing, which I'm surprised Mikado did, but this opens up a world to a lot of people, not only team pilots but other people, is mm-hmm. you can set up the receiver to you either do an airplane, a delta wing, an analog nine-channel receiver, or you can do a single line output feature. The single line output feature, because it's just a basic nine tail receiver, like using like a Futaba with your icon or like a mm-hmm. um, Spectrum with your icon, is yeah. you can use an external flybarless system. So I can now take my Mikado V Basic, turn tell it it's a nine channel receiver, and I can plug into icon, I can plug into Bavarian Demon, I can plug into oh wow, you name it, ABC uh, flybarless brand. So now I can fly an icon with my V bar. I still get to fly my radio i still mm-hmm. use my neo receiver but i can use xyz's flybarless system which is really cool now, now I, I mean i i not to dog any other flybarless units obviously i mean they're all great but i don't understand why you would do that like if if you can just unlock the v-bar to do the 3d like you know just to make it a full-fledged um v-bar neo like i don't know i feel like it's just extra weight on a heli or to like have it buy you know have it basically like serial bus right like an S bus system out to that uh, to the V link I, I don't know just for some reason I, just, I don't really understand it I think it's good for like crossover guys like Kevin we're trying to convert Kevin over you know all his mm-hmm. his fleet is set up on an icon so if he can just buy because the V basic receiver I think is one hundred twenty five dollars so if, okay. if Kevin doesn't have to go out there and spend three four hundred dollars to get the Neil and all if he buy this receiver. Use that single line output. He can use radio on all his helicopters. Wow, I got like every other word of that. <laughs> yeah, I think I got like twenty five percent of that. But yeah, I get you. I get what you're saying. It um, you did break up a lot there, but it's it. I think I, I don't know for some reason. Like I see, like if you were gonna do something like that, it's you know how they sell the V Link satellite. I feel like that would be a better platform for that. Like, make that compatible with Icon or Bavarian Demon or Spartan. Like, you know, just the uh, the receiver, just kind of like how Spectrum does it. And um, also, I think S- Futaba does it with, like, an S-Bus receiver. But, I mean, I see your point, though. It is cool. That it could be a stepping stone to, um, uh, you know, an entry way of getting into the Neos without having to spend, you know, what is it, 280 for a V-Link Neo, full-fledged one? You know, and that's just the basic, doesn't or express i should say firmware um so that's cool and i do yeah and i think you could take that off of that at one point and move it to a plane if you wanted to right you know it's not going to go to waste you know once you're done with that and you 
upgrade to something more you can actually put it on a little plane yeah yeah so i so for the guys who want more information um it's up on our facebook page and my heli facebook page um basically i did a whole setup video and a flying video and, and setup on my twisted hobbies velocity nice yeah definitely so go wait, check it, it out so is it like a whole nother neo that you put on the heli no, it's like, it's 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 a full fledged Neo. They just they just have the basic the main features turned off. So you can upgrade if you want to. I can take it right now. I can log in and I can upgrade it to the full Neo. It's it's basically the Neo with with the gyros and some features turned off. Really? So I'm curious. You said it's one twenty one twenty five one twenty nine. Yeah, one twenty five. One twenty five. And how much is the firmware unlocked to make it a full-fledged Neo? Does it equal 280, like the you know the same retail price? Oh, I'm sure I haven't checked, but I'm sure I'm sure they got it at the price point to where it's about the same. Okay, trying to get a deal, dude. And I'm always looking to save a couple of bucks. If I could buy this and an upgrade and save five bucks, I would do it. <laughs> but uh, that's cool. <laughs> you know the V plane. The V plane was really nice because it's got the basic V plane wizard. And you can set up the plane in six steps, and you've got the built-in gyros for, like, 3D flying. But I'll tell you what, I've had more fun in the past few days without gyros because I'm getting back to my flying skill. And uh, yeah. I, I kind of like it. Plus, you know, with the new Crack Yak coming, I don't need to spend 280 on a Neo. I can get just a basic receiver. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I didn't even look at my V-controller. Is there trim buttons? No, it's... uh. You set up a trim. You you set up like your trainer switch. You set up a um, a stationary switch, and it it automatically trims it for you in flight, both helicopter and plane. Wait, even without the gyros being on, like being enabled? No, they I haven't trimmed out this model. I just I just set everything center, but there is some type of digital trim for this new receiver. I haven't played what, with it yet. Yeah, I wonder if you could program it to the dials because there are a couple of dials on the the top of it. That's cool. Awesome. Well, V-Bar Neo V-Basic, that's definitely going to be one I'm going to buy and uh, give it a try one of my planes. Um, not sure which one, but maybe the Vigan when I build that, you know, what it's going to take like 40 hours to build a foam plane and glass it with fiberglass and Oy. go crazy 6S setup. So, so yeah. real, qu- real quick, Steve, before I break mm-hmm. up again. Um, yeah. So it says, innovative self-learning. Learning trim concept without the help of gyros. Trim your model. Trim while you control the model. Optional trim by means of rotary dial. Ah, so it does give you. So it gives you the. Oh, that's that's interesting. That's great that it gives you the uh, a rotary dial that you could use as a trim. But that, I mean, I guess maybe if it's like if it notices you're just holding like right aileron the whole time, <laughs> like you know while you're like maybe quote unquote in the trim mode. Um, it like just starts to trim it a little that way, so you know that oh, okay, I let go to stick it now it's flying straight. I don't know. I, I got to try one out. I, I definitely gotta get my hands on one. That's cool though. That just sounds so bizarre for it to do something like that. I mean, it's I think V control. I mean, V bar Mikado. They, you know, when they, when they released this radio, it wasn't very like conventional compared to like what I'm used to with Spectrum and and Futaba and stuff. Um, okay. You know, they, the they went a little thing. different method. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the one thing I noticed is when they first came out, it was very confusing. But, like, as it's been out more, I see it's not so confusing. It yes. seems a lot more user-friendly. Nice. So I'm curious, Chris, what do you fly with? I know you said um, Spartan fly barless unit, but what's your transmitter of choice? I use a DX9 right now. Okay. Nice. Spectrum. Awesome. 
And are you pincher or thumb guy? I'm thumbs. I tried pincher. Yes. It just isn't comfortable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. I love seeing people use the thumbs. Kevin, you, you got to watch me fly. Um, watch my hands sometimes. I, You know, I'm a pincher, but on the more aggressive moves, I end up thumbing it. I noticed. Really? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. A like, lot you know, of people catch themselves thumbing when they start doing like new maneuvers or something. Like, oh yeah, I'm thumbing now. What? No, but like I see like when I sim, um, you know, I'm when I'm doing like because you know like around the center, you you need to be you know just regular flying on a heli, like just to be smooth flying around figure eights upright inverted. Like you know you're doing very small movements on the cyclic and and your rudder. So it's like. I need that precision of having two fingers kind of keeping it in check, like each finger check balancing and stuff. But when I'm, when I'm doing full lock rudder pyro flips in the sim, I notice that my finger kind of, my pointer finger kind of lifts off and I'm just doing my thumbs doing a a stir. Nice. Well, you know, I've noticed that when I go to do stuff, I usually pull with the thumb, like in one direction. Uh, you know, if I'm doing something that requires a puro, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just I'm pulling with the thumbs rather than pushing away when I first start to do it. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I, I thought I was a pincher, but maybe I'm like a in between hybrid, <laughs> you know? And one of those hybrids. Hey, I guess whatever works, right? I mean, you know, whatever you get used to. I don't think there is a you know exactly. It's kind of like Xbox and PS4. I mean, yeah, some might say this is better or that's better, but. At the end of the day, it's whatever you're comfortable and you can fly a heli with. So, all right, what else uh, do we have on the news section here? Well, our buddy Mike, who runs Amdroix, uh, was on flight test. We met him down in uh, out in Ohio uh, last year, not this year. He was selling his uh, quad frames, and you had made a comment on the show, like, "What happened to the guy? You know, are they out of business? Are they done?" And he was just on flight test. With his adjustable uh, pitched motors and on his quad, you know, I was able to manually adjust them. Well, he's got a new quad out now where it, it actually adjusts via servo, uh, and he had it strapped to something that looked like a 70s car with wings on it. You know, one of those things that you used to pull a Pinto up and strap wings to? <laughs> it kind of looked like something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was pretty awesome. Uh, it was a pretty detailed episode on how that thing works. Uh, where he can rotate the motors. If you're looking from the side, uh, the motors actually front and back will rotate forward and backwards. And they were really intrigued by it and how it didn't pitch up like a normal quad. It just went straight. So you really didn't have to adjust your your angle of your camera at all. And uh, they thought that was pretty unique. Wait, wait, wait. So he's pitching like the rotation of the, the props, like kind of like... Um... You know those those big planes. I forgot. Like the the Offspring. Offspring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yep. That's that's how it was working. The other part of the video was you know that they flew the quad by itself and then they would strap the wings to uh, to this quad. And uh, what I thought was amazing was you know they needed like three quarters power to take off, but then once they flipped the switch and were able to use you know bank and yank aileron and elevator. The quad actually only required about an eighth to a quarter throttle, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's a cool video. You guys should check it out. I mean, that makes sense, right? Wow, I got to take a look at that video, man. We got to link it to because that seems, uh, you know, pretty uh, out there, like different, you know? Yeah, thinking outside the box, man. 
definitely pretty cool to see what Mike was up to and uh glad he's still doing his thing. I don't know if it's a full time thing, but uh you know, glad to see he's still in the hobby and doing his thing, man. Awesome. Do you have any other news? Um no, I have something but I think I'm gonna save it for later. Okay. So we'll leave it to later. I have one thing that I noticed on um and I don't really have much information. It was like one picture I saw. It's I think uh you know the the people that make the the Velos, uh, eight eighty Velos is it Velos or Velos? I think it's Velos. Okay, so Velos eight eighty. Um, they made this weird airframe. It's, I guess it's meant for aerial photography. It's huge. It's this huge helicopter, and then, and like the landing skids are like I don't know. They're just out there. They're almost like you know quads with like a peg landing stick, landing skids. It's just weird. Um, but it coffee cool. table. Yeah, like a coffee table. Yeah, exactly. A coffee table. Uh, yeah, it's just a quick post on Facebook, and I just, I just wanted to mention it. It looked cool. Um, I wonder how the hell he's doing, the regular, you know, 3D version. Has anyone seen one in real life? Chris? Robert? Anyone? I've nope. only seen the the, the normal Velos AE. Yeah, at, like the normal 900-size heli. Huh. At Urcha. Okay. It's too big. Really? It's 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 a weird like it's weird when you see it because like it's like everything's so giant on it and it it's honestly the scariest thing I've ever seen fly because it just sounds so different than what you're used to instead of like that normal like heli like the, when you're smacking it down it's blazer mm-hmm. screaming and everything it sounds like a low head speed and the head speed's not that low. Like it's insane, wow! And they're and they're really heavy. Yeah, I mean that that system that they have in there. So for for any listeners that don't know what we're talking about, the Velos eight eighty is a nine hundred size class heli. It's I think one of the first of its kind, and it has two seven hundred power systems there. So two motors, two ACs. Um, it has four servos on the cyclic, which is very different than the normal geometry of having three servos. And um, does it run double battery packs, like two 5,000 12S It runs packs? four batteries, I believe. So, yeah, so it does run, uh, I guess, four batteries, basically. Yeah, so you take, like, your Goblin 700, take the power system out of that, and double it up and put it in, a, uh, in this heli frame, you know. So wow, jeez, I, you know, I mean, so how is it as far as like when you look at the 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 layout of everything, the machining, like, you know, when you look at a TDR, it's like wow, there's some engineering marvel in this one. Is is that sort of similar? It's similar with that, and it's kind of uh, like when you look at it, everything's very beefy so you, and bigger, so it's kind of easier to see the machining and everything they've done. Mm-hmm. But you'll look at it and you're like, whoa. Steve, like, it's like a small helicopter, but a lot bigger. <laughs> it's like look, it's like looking at a 700 <laughs> and then uh-huh. try, like adding another 700 to it. <laughs> right. Man. And I mean, that's, I can't, what, that, that hell is expensive, right? I mean, I don't even know what the airframe costs. I, I think it's probably like $2,000 or something. But um, that's cool. Maybe one day I'll, I'll see one fly. You know? Or you'll have one. No, no, no. I don't even want anything bigger than the 700. Even when I was uh, trying to decide what I was going to do with this Goblin 7 that I crashed, and, on, and my, my fiance's like, why don't you just get something bigger? And I'm like, 
hmm, 770 Goblin or maybe Protoss Max V2 and stretch it to 800. And I was like, no, 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 no. I, I don't want to run 14s. I don't, no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just, it's too, it's already expensive enough to crash. I don't, I don't want anything bigger. You know, I mean, I've only recently finally got used to flying a 700 size heli. So anything bigger is just like, uh, I'm going to be scared to fly. And I don't want to be scared to fly. Like, I want to enjoy it, so. All right. Is there any other news or should we move on? No, let's move on. And let's get moving on. All right. What's next for you in the hobby? Let's, uh, let's do the reverse order. Let's do uh, Chris first and then we'll work our way back. Next for me is really just taking and tearing apart the helis and just doing maintenance and, yeah, and just practice. And maybe, maybe I'll do a foamy because I, I might just do a foamy. Do it. Maybe I'll get do it. Maybe I'll get like a crack yak or something. Oh boy. Chris is indoor season's coming, so I gotta start thinking of indoors. True. I got true. the heli set. But I need a plane. So maybe What, what do you do fly indoors, heli wise? Uh I I got a one eighty. Okay. Um I've done three eighties kinda sketchy, but it works. I mean Yeah, yeah, three eighty I would I mean 380 low head speed. He was a little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to say Steve bounced one off the wall. Off the, off the ceiling and the wall twice. <laughs> the wall. Yes. It went thunk. So, <laughs> so, Chris, where do you fly in the winter? You fly somewhere inside? Yeah, Waterville Elite Wing Warriors. So, it's, so, during the summer, it's like this open three basketball court. So, they take down the walls and just leave the ceiling. Then, during oh. the winter... They put the walls up, and then it's enclosed. And then we just fly planes and helis and stuff in there. Nice. Steve, we should think about taking a ride, maybe, up there, checking it out. Yeah, if he's, like, up by the Hudson, New York area, that's not too far. I mean, yeah. I could probably even finagle a way to, like, work out of that office, if anything, too. Oh, boy. So. I'm also thinking maybe I'm going to have to get one of them whoops or whoops. I don't know what they call them. Whoops. whoops. Yeah. yeah, whoops. Yep, those little inductors uh, with the FPV. I saw, I saw, I still need to get one, but uh, I got all these effects. Um, so, I mean, actually, a quick question while we're on the topic. I know you said you're going to do some heli maintenance. Now, when you know going to what thirty, say, fun flies a year, um, you know, flying almost every day or every day. I mean, how often do you do maintenance on your helis? Every hundred flights, I change belts, go change ball links, make sure everything's good. Um, wow. Yeah, so about every month. About every month. <laughs> no way. Probably wow. more than every month. <laughs> Damn. That's, that's a... End of the year comes and I do bearings and stuff, but during the main summer, it's just belts and ball links. Okay. And do you see, like... um? Like, belts and ballings really deteriorate, like, you know, after 100 flights? Or is it just kind of preventative, like, you know, maintenance? I, I've seen, though, I've seen belts get pretty bad after. I, I've, I don't really stay on the 100 track thing. I try to, but sometimes it'll be like, oh, like, this is, hasn't been 100 flights. We'll go a little bit fast or something. But yeah. I've done 200 flights or so on a belt before, and it was looking pretty bad. Yeah? Wow. Huh. Yeah. The ball links, they're never bad, but, like, you'll see, like, you'll, as you fly them more and stuff, you'll go to, like, pop them off, and they start com- becoming easy yep. to pop off, so I just change them. 
sure. No, that's that's good. I mean, like, what is that? You know, maybe seven to ten bucks a set retail. Like, you know, to prevent prevent a bigger crash. Yeah, that's that's a no brainer. Yeah, it's not even like it's not. I've got uh, there's some bowling that have got more than a hundred. It's kind of like a thing I've done. So something I keep doing. That's good. So with all that flying you do, how often do you actually crash? Not um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to. Uh, I mean, not that much. Like, I wouldn't say like every time I go out, be like, oh yeah, you know, every like hundred flights, I'll put one in. Okay. Probably, probably like. I'll crash like probably twice a month, maybe. Wow. I mean, we're, we're flying these bigger helis. Wow. Okay. I mean, I crash every weekend, but, you know. I mean, don't <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like, when winter comes and yeah. I'm flying little stuff, somehow I end up in the ground more than I do in the air. But. I mean, I think with the little stuff, they're just like, they they just kind of, they don't float. They kind of, they're very fast and twitchy and. And it's like you got to be quicker and think more ahead of the heli, and it just it's easier for me at least. That's what I've noticed. It's you know I, that's why I crash my oxys every weekend because <laughs> I try stupid things and you know really low and I try to be like you and be right on the deck and then do like you know so. <laughs> well, you didn't crash this weekend. I mean, I put I, I did crash the logo. I guess I would consider that a not not really a crash, but a hard landing. That's that's the other thing. What do you guys consider crash? Um, anytime I break or bend uh, a blade, if, if it can't take off again, yeah, like if I can't just <laughs> okay. put a battery pack in and go fly it again, you know, like anything where it stops me from flying that model and having to do repair, I guess. Because I've had guys who are like, "Oh yeah, you know, it tipped over, nothing happened, that's a crash." I'm like, "What? <laughs> How?" <laughs> no, if it, if you can fly it, I don't consider that really a crash. Exactly, man. I picked it up and bent the DFC link back, and then. Flew it again. Yes. And to our listeners, don't do that. The <laughs> <laughs> DFC link is bent. Most likely that that metal is so fatigued already to bend it back. Yeah. Yeah, nine times out of ten I break it when I try to bend it back. Yeah, so. But um, cool. All right, uh, let's see. Who's going next? I forgot. Was it you, Kev? No, no, it was Kevin, right? No. That was Ryberg. Okay, Rybert, go. I'm going to start building my Cracky Act this weekend, get that going for the winter project, and then um, I'll take another few months off, but I'm going to start planning the Northeast Model Helicopter Jamboree. I signed okay. a contract today for the fireworks, so 2017 is on. Damn, dude. I can't believe you're already looking ahead to that. That's awesome, man. Proactive. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think you posted something on Facebook, and I saw that. And I was like, just like, wow, ready, man? Yeah, another six months is when I'll really start hitting it, hitting it hard. But mm-hmm. the firework contract, we always do, we always do that a year ahead because they get so slammed for their firework season. Oh, nice. All right, who goes next, Kevin or me? No, dude, just you go. Uh, so yeah, this Thursday. So you know, we normally record on Tuesdays um, and release on Friday, but this Thursday before. The release of this, I should get my airframe. I should get my links order. I should pretty much have everything to fix the Goblin 700. So I'm going to hopefully get those and have time and not forget to upload the episode. Sorry, Chris. Um, <laughs> you know, because I'll be busy uh, cranking away at these helis. But uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get that 
fix. I wanna I wanna at least have it ready for a remade in or kind of test again and get the ESC of all that stuff kind of tuned back up and I'm ready to go for this weekend. So um, yeah, pretty much that. I uh, got the hopefully maybe I'll have time to rebuild the Oxy Three Cube. And then also, I want to fix my 380 Nightblades. Uh, I want to try to get that back on. Uh, I I don't. I mentioned it on the last episode, right? I threw a battery off the blade. Yep. In flight, so yeah, I got the batteries on order. I'm actually kind of worried because it said it was delivered, and I didn't see it downstairs uh, in my the little mailroom area. So, um, but yeah, hopefully those are somewhere. And uh, yeah, that's kind of about it. I know we have a. Uh, our, this Saturday, we're going to try to go fly, and that's um, it's an event for us, right? Like a you know, like a small club event. That thing's the Franken Franken plane. What is it again? Yeah, the Franken plane. But didn't we miss that? Wasn't that on Saturday? This- no, last week was because of the rain. I think he postponed it again. Oh, he postponed it again. Awesome, man. Yeah, so you could bring out your what is it? <laughs> My silk chair. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, I have a I have a Corsair and a Sequoia that I'm kind of mashing together, and um, I'm going to call it the Suck Air. Suck Air. Suck Air, Suck Air, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> cool. So, Kevin, what you got going for next for you, huh? Well, I want to capture the plans to the 48, the 47-inch SE5 that I worked on that I haven't actually flown in since Flight Fest 16. Um, I really like that plane. I want to... Uh, define it a little better, maybe make a little bit less of, of a dihedral on the wings and uh, get it so I could put plans out to the community. Uh, so I want to get an article together, put it on FT forums. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't want to Microsoft people and be like, oh, you know, you got to update this and I'm making changes to that. I want to actually get it to where I can download it and cut it out, uh, you know, tape the pieces of paper together and then, you know, cut one out and try it out. Um, from what I've posted myself, which is what I like to do with anything I post on the FT forums, because I want to make it workable. Nice, paint it up and stuff, hopefully. Yeah, and I want to get it to where you know it's pretty authentic, where it looks really cool with tons of detail, machine guns and all that stuff. Machine yeah. guns, three D print, everything. You know that. Wait, just real quick before we move off past the SC five, that um that plane originally did it have like a rotary style engine? In the front that you can see, or did it just have like a fire, like a cover? No, it basically had a radiator. It's like a flat cover on the front. Okay, so it did. All right. Yeah. Oh, 3D print that. That'd be cool. Yeah, get all that together. And nice. uh should be nice. But also, I, I bought a, a small Arduino board uh, that Adafruit put out. I did this once before with a Arduino Nano for the, uh, for the, for Chris's favorite plane, the big purple monster. Mm-hmm. Um, I built a scale uh, lighting system for that, and I have the program. But the Arduino Nano is still kind of large for some of these smaller things. So I went with the Adafruit uh, tiny uh, trinket board, which you can get the the Atmel, uh, I think it's a AT Tiny 85 chip itself. Uh, but what's really cool about this board is it has an actual USB connector to it, which means you don't need an aftermarket AV, AVR board to go through to do programming. So really all you need is, you know, the strobe and the, um, uh, what's the other light? Beacon. Beacon. Yeah, beacon lights. Beacon yeah. lights. Um, mm-hmm. Because your navigation lights, the red and green, are always on. So I want to try out this board and, and see how it works. And, you know, it's only 6 bucks. So, I mean, it's pretty awesome if you have any kind of, 
you know, microprocessor uh, programming background. And I know that sounds difficult, but it's not. Um, give it, I'll give it a try. I'll, I'm going to try it out, and I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. So that, so that'll be for scale lights for the 450 scale heli. Cool. Awesome. Sounds good, man. Can't wait to uh, see the finished product there. All right. Uh, I guess we should start wrapping up the show. Wrap it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Um, I feel like the order is kind of all weird now, but let's do our Facebook likes since we got that on the list here first. Okay. Uh, we're at 330 likes. It said it was plus three from uh, last weekend. I think Facebook's been listening to me because we actually have three names and it says we have three new likes. Yay. So, yeah. Nice. All right. Um, I am going to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're going to butcher. I'm going to need it. Dude, you're going to butcher two out of three of these names for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So, here we go. We got Scott Brower, Apichat Prapanachat. Or... <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm sorry. I just. This... Wait. Prapan Charoinson. Apichat Prapanachat. No. That's the bad time. Okay. But, um, it's not better when you speed it up. Jack Crowder, Crowdier, Crowdier, Crowd, Crowdier, Crowdier, Okay. Cratler, Cratler, maybe. Cratler, Crowd. But that you is messing me up, I think. But um, that one guy when he goes to Panera, it's got to be pretty bad. Can I have a name, please? Yeah, it's Apache. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's long. I mean, I'm just curious. Uh, he's counting the letters. <laughs> 17 uh, characters in his last name. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a, that's a doozy one. But awesome. Sorry again if I butchered your name. Please take no offense. Uh, but, yeah. At first, I thought it was like API chat or, you know, like because maybe it was like, not, not saying this guy's name is fake or anything, but... Um, you know, I mean, I'm. Well, I think you I'm could. I'm an engineer, and I speak API, right? So. Well, I think I you could make up a better fake name. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Facebook comments. Do we got any? Um. Yeah, I haven't taken note of any. I'm sure we got guys that post all the time, and I'm sorry I haven't taken note. I've been trying to like throughout the week take notes and and write them on my phone, but I didn't get a chance to do that this week. So sorry, guys. Uh, but I know guys are posting. Uh, guys like Chris and Frank and Russ Cox, stuff like that, man. So thanks, guys. Yep. Uh, website comments. We have a website comment or something that came through on the website. Um, it's from Anthony Hearn. He says, hi there. Heard on the podcast that one of you was having problems with real flight. Something about the canopies falling off. This is actually a feature. Yep, that was me. Right. He says, uh, not sure why, but depending on where the knob on the radio is, it will either stay in place or come off when you respawn. And I will have to, Oh, he says, I have just started listening to the show after reading about it in the AMA magazine. And I like it. Wait, we were in the AMA, AMA magazine. Yeah. I'm not sure what he's talking about. I like it. Keep up the good work and keep flying. You got the AMA. What? No, AMA. Like the AMA. Uh, um, yeah, I'm not oh. sure. Maybe he's talking about the RC uh, Heli Pilot magazine. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, but that's from Anthony Hearn. So yeah, Anthony, um, thank you because that was exactly what it was. I took the the DX9 has a a knob on the top, 
I forgot what letter it's assigned to, but basically, if it was turned all the way counterclockwise, it'd be fine. If it was turned all the way uh, clockwise, it basically threw the canopy off the heli. And I tried it mid-flight. I tried it, you know, landing uh, on the ground or in the air. So um, that definitely was what it was. So thank you for writing in and letting me know. Nice. I think that's a cool future uh, feature. I don't know why. Yeah. I wonder if it affects the model. See, if it affected the model, then that'd be a dope, really cool feature because, you know, like some people fly with the canopy off because it's a little bit lighter, you know? If it changed the disc loading, I'd be like, whoa! <laughs> you know, that'd just be cool. I wonder what happens if you turn that knob when you're inverted. Does it go through the blades and crash you? That would be cool. Yeah, I gotta like, try that. Next time I say No, it just, it just falls I, off. Ah. Uh, Right now, I got my sim up. So <laughs> it, it doesn't do it to any of the. It doesn't do it to any of the normal models. It's only like a knife edge, like all the designer models. Ah, well, okay. Oh, okay. Um, where's 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 the model that the camp falls off there? Gronin, Gronon, Gromod, whatever that one is. That's the one. The six thirty. Granimod, oh. Granimod, Granimod. Yeah, that's it the one that falls I, off. Just falls off even if you're inverted, they'll just go. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that like when you inverted, fall off and like crash the heli. Nope, it just falls off. Uh, okay, yeah. that's so cool though. You can fly without the, and that's that's one of the cool things about that is um, when you actually throw the canopy off and you fly without it, like you can actually see the components and stuff. It's pretty cool, and it, it looks and like a pulse well battery. Detailed. Yeah, I mean, and, and your model does it show green battery? Because it looks like a green battery to me. Yeah. Yeah, I get to see the components when I smash it into the ground. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so let's uh, see what else we got here. Um, what else do you have? I saw that pod bean. Somebody started following us, and it was the M1KE1's podcast or Mike One's podcast. Cool. Awesome. Thanks. So thank you for following us. Awesome. iTunes reviews. I saw nothing. But thanks to all the guys that took the time to write us an iTunes review. And thanks for all the future people that are going to leave us a review, right? The hint, future? Hint, nudge, nudge. The, <laughs> the what? The future people that are going to write us? <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. You know, if it's a no look back, be like, yeah, see? <laughs> Steve was right. <laughs> I didn't even review the future. <laughs> Dude, it is way too late to be talking about time travel. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, so drop us an iTunes review and we'll read it on the next episode. Email us at freefallrc at gmail.com. Facebook like us, facebook.com slash podcast. Post something, say something, message something. And if you do post something uh, on Facebook, we'll try to remember and bring it up on the next show. Yeah, we'll try to read it on the next show. We're pretty good at responding, you know, fairly quickly. So, yeah, definitely come say hi. Don't forget to check out our webpage, freefallrcpodcast.com. Chris is always hooking up some new stuff on there, updating and putting some time into it. So come by. Say hi to Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He actually said hi. (laughs) Flight test forums, (laughs) off the field, audio video production, other than flight test podcast. Freefallrc podcast. Hey, Joe. Sorry. I came a little early on that. Um, yeah, we're right next to the Flight Test Community Cast, so definitely come by and say hi. Hi, Josh, Pat, Mike. Uh, so what I wanted to say earlier, also, Nick 
Simpson is on the latest episode of Flight Test Community Cast, number 18. Yeah. So come check out that episode because we got our very own Nick on that show. Awesome. Hi, Nick. Hey, Nick. What's up? All right. So uh, let's start with Rybert. If uh, listeners want to get in touch with you, how would they contact you? Best way is to go to my website, www.3dandscalerchelicopters.com. Um, there's a contact me page, and that's how you find my Facebook page, uh, my reviews, nice. my email. So everything is just funneled through my uh, face, or my uh, website. Yep. Awesome. All right. How about you, Chris? Uh, if someone wanted to contact you with some questions about low head speed and, and you know, flying the big helis, uh, you know, how would they get in touch with you? easiest way to contact me is to just uh, find me on Facebook at Christopher Diamante. Uh, if you send me a friend request, I'll, I'll, I'll answer it and be okay with answering any questions with RCs or anything. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you, Chris, for coming on the show. Thanks, Ryber, for uh, coming on the show again, too. It's been a while, so it's good to definitely uh, talk to you and hear your voice instead of just text messages every day. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah, thanks, thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, definitely, man. Thank you for coming on the show. It's awesome, man. Had a good no time. All right, so thanks to all listeners from the Free for RC podcast crew. Free our skies, and we'll see you next time. See ya. See ya. Bye. Contact Chris for tour requests for the Diamante RV. <laughs> Your tour guide, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> it and basically live it and, like, try to make it, like, empty. No, no, we can't, then we just can't, like, live TV to, like, edit it.